You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. What can I help you with? Um, so I'd like to introduce myself just to give context to what I will ask you. Okay. Um, so I'm Sanjana, now. And I came to the U.S. to get my bachelor's in biology and chemistry. So, you know, I'm here on my own, no parents here. So, you know, trying to find a way to get into med school. And my question to you is, I know that, you know, if you were born here in the U.S., if you want to get into med school, if even if you are a non-traditional student, I feel like your path is still easier compared to an international student who wants to be a non-traditional mm. student. And I'm a non-traditional student, to be honest, because I took a gap year and I'm currently working. And, uh, you know, I've been through the thing that, you know, pre-med advisor tell you that you cannot get into med school. And for international students, they will throw you any reason not to go into med school. Yeah. It's too expensive. Grades are not enough. Um, that's not the, you cannot get into residencies and all those kind of stuff. And that really, really messed up, you know, um, I don't know my motivation to go to med school. So my mm-hmm. question to you would be, how would you navigate through these stuff? And what's your advice to an untraditional student who's currently working yeah. into a pharmaceutical company? Because I still wanted to be in medicine. Yep. I just wanted to try and see what's going to work for me eventually. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, so first of all, how do you navigate the, the naysayers out there? You do this, you, you cover your ears and you just ignore them and go, la, 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 I can't hear you. I'm doing what I want to do. You can't tell me what I can do. You're not the boss of me, right? Um, that's, that's what you have to do because they literally are not the boss of you. They literally cannot dictate whether or not you get into medical school or not. They are just giving you the information based on their best information. Uh, they and oftentimes it's flawed. So the at the end of the day, the the question for you as an international student to get into medical school, it's harder. Period. And a lot of what they're saying is true. There are very few schools that accept international students. Period. And then the schools that do accept international students, it's usually not a lot. Yeah. And then if you do get into medical school, it is expensive because you have to, you're not eligible for federal financial aid. All of those things are true. And there's still plenty of international students getting into school every single year, going through medical school every single year, paying for it every single year or getting scholarships even better every single year. So why not you? Exactly. I know. And uh, I don't know. I've been trying to follow what, what you know, American non-traditional students have been doing. I've been trying to do the same thing. But it's, very, it's a very risky game. Why, why are you doing the same things that other students do? Why aren't you doing what you want to do? I feel like I'm kind of stuck because if I, because during my gap year, I want to take my income. 
Okay. And, you know, COVID really like play hard on me because I was stuck here and I still cannot go back home. Okay. So the only way for me to stay here, take my MCAT and being able to, you know, keep my visa and all that stuff would be to stay here and work here. Yep. And that's what I've been doing. Okay. And probably you've heard how fast uh, the, you know, the pharmaceutical company runs. And I'm currently in a position where, you know, it's, it's a lot to like full time. And I, and I thought, you know, I, I hear all these people say, yeah, you can manage work. And so I said, yeah, I'll just go for it. But it's, it's not easy, right? Yeah. And uh, you have to juggle. I, I, I don't even know what a credit score is. What, what is that? That's a new <laughs> Yeah, It's like me making that, you know, making that dreamy world of mine, like going to make school, you know, doing yeah. all the good things that I've planned. And then the reality hits you. Credit score, you have to pay bills and this and that. <laughs> adulting. You know? adulting hits everyone. Exactly. And to me, it was overwhelming because, you know, we, we, I didn't have to deal with that until I got into college. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know how, you know, not to get into the politics of things, but sometimes things are very unstable, like during COVID, like students were, you know, we were kind of threatened to be like, you know, they, they were telling us that we had to leave and all that. Yeah. So, um, so I feel like I'm still in that COVID phase, even if people feel that COVID is kind of gone. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what would be your advice for me to just like, get over that phase and uh, something that I've been considering is the post back mm -hmm. thing that I've been, you know, hearing you talk about during your po podcast. I don't know if that's a thing for me as an international student to be doing before medical school Yeah, because of the huge cost. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. So, here, here's one thing that, that I will tell you will really, really help you moving forward, both through this process and in life in general, because you're probably this way in life too, making some assumptions here. You're trying to think of everything right now. Yeah. You're trying to lay it all out there and, and think of it all. And it's a lot and it's overwhelming. And so what typically happens is you freeze and you go, I'm not going to make any decisions because that's too many decisions to make. And so I'm just going to keep plodding along and go day by day and, and just get through life. The first decision that you need to make is the one that you should focus on. The first decision that you need to make is, do you want to go to medical school here in the States? Yes or no? It is yes. Yeah. Okay. So the next question you need to make is, what do you need to do to get into medical school here in the States? How are your grades? Pretty good average. Like what? So my overall GPA is 3.0 and my science GPA is 2.9. Okay. So not good for medical yeah. school. Yeah. Okay. So a post-bac is what you need. Yeah. That's the next decision. A post-bac program helps prove to medical schools that you are academically able to do well in medical school. 
or at least gives them the confidence that you are, right? You could get to yeah. medical school after a 4.0 and, and fail, um, but it gives them some confidence. And so your next decision based on that information alone is how do I prove that I'm academically able to do well in medical school? Grade-wise, that means you need to take more classes. What does that look like as an international student? I don't know. So you need to go figure out how to do that. Whether it's a formal post-bac or an informal post-bac where you're just taking classes at, at college or community college, or a four-year university or a community college, that's the next question for you. Every other question right now is irrelevant. When to take the MCAT, how to study for the MCAT, it's all irrelevant. You need to get your, not necessarily your GPA up, but your trend up. You need to have a 4.0 GPA for several semesters to go, okay, I've proven that I can do well in U.S. education and uh, I can hopefully give confidence to the medical schools that I'm not going to fail out. That's the first thing and only thing that you should be worried about right this minute. Outside of adulting and paying bills and, and credit scores and keeping your visa and right all of the all of those other things. <laughs> so the the question that that goes along with those grades is why did you struggle with your your undergraduate GPA? And how can we hopefully assure that you're not going to continue to struggle when you get into your post-bac? And only when you're kind of reassured that you know that you're ready for this next step and you can get A's, only then do I want you to, to jump and, and do it. Because yeah. if you keep taking more classes and you keep getting B's, then you're not doing what you need to be doing and you're just wasting money at that point. Well, I don't know what to say. I mean, I feel like you answered everything, to be honest. (laughs) I answered everything by only Um, answering one thing. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, the end cap is not the first thing to be. No. It, it, It is so common for students to jump to the MCAT because it's such a big beast in this process. Yeah without thinking about all of the other things. And for you, all of the other things, first and foremost, is GPA. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, I'm working right now and I don't know how that would probably look, I don't know, like to medical schools. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Again, you're you're trying to think of everything all right now. How are medical schools going to think of this? How are medical schools going to think of that? They're not going to think about anything because your grades aren't good enough for them to worry about it. Yeah. They just want some stats. Kind of it, I know that it, always it, that stats don't determine you. Yeah. Stats. stats uh, I, I think a lot of students hear my philosophy that the story matters and it does. It does. And your stats have to be good enough to give the medical schools confidence that you're going to do well. 
And a 3.0 GPA doesn't give them that confidence. A 2.9 science GPA doesn't give them that confidence. Without trends, right? If you had a 3.1, but your last 40 credit hours were 4.0, that potentially gives them confidence. So, and I knew that she talked about the, the list of schools and probably I knew that we shouldn't be talking about that. Um, that I don't have a lot of options if you think about it because well, yeah. I, I your, your, list, right? your options are like Ivy Leagues and you know like huge schools where probably that's going to be like tough competition. You know, like getting into college it was a lot of competition, but I feel like it's... Oh, well. It's not any easier. Oh, well. You think I can just, like, navigate to that? But see, I say, oh, well. Like, I I obviously am empathetic towards that scenario. But the, the the oh, well is you can't control that unless you want to sit around until you can get a green card. You can't control the fact that there are very few schools that accept international students. It just is what it is. And so you have two options. You can just accept it for what it is and do your best when you get to that point to apply and and put together the best application possible. Or you don't go to medical school in the U.S. and you try to come back here and practice later. I know that some people even try the option Caribbean school and probably that's why a lot of international what are your thoughts about that is that any I don't know because I know that some of the Caribbean medical school have some affiliation yeah they send you here to do your two years of clinical and then probably there's some you know prospects for residency and all that because that's that's one of my concerns you know like me doing that and eventually nothing happening and I know like you said it's like too far for me to be thinking oh but I don't know it's just like how I've been you know wired ever since I got here because things are so unpredictable here mm-hmm. and you kind of have to be flexible and you know like adapt to anything yeah right? yeah that's true so Caribbean schools I, I think you may be a great candidate for a Caribbean school, assuming you have enough confidence in your ability to do well in medical school. I, I would look at the big four uh, is often called in Caribbean medical schools. I wouldn't just go to any random Caribbean medical school. I would go to one that's going to require the MCAT. So you can kind of get your feet wet, taking the MCAT and see what it's like to take an eight hour test because you're going to need to do that in medical school. Uh, and understand that going to a Caribbean medical school makes you an international medical graduate, which makes applying for residencies that much harder. So they have uh, the benefit potentially of letting you start medical school sooner with the risks on the other side of matching into residency. The most people who don't match into residency every year are international medical graduates. And why do you think it is like that? I, I, I know that you've been in that you know, field for a long time. Mm-hmm. Have you heard or do you know why the path is so hard for international students? I, w- I wouldn't say it's harder. 
the the um just the the fact is that we have enough US graduates to fill a lot of spots and and the priority is given to them for the most part right there are always going to be stellar international graduates international medical graduates who make the cut and and find a home but if you think about it logically the the students and we always i always have this argument with with advisors and parents and students of like oh going to an ivy league medical school makes one uh more competitive for residency or going to an ivy league undergrad makes one more competitive to go to an ivy league medical school and and i just don't believe it I think that good students continue to be good students. It's really good students who get into Ivy League undergrad schools. They are really good students who are afforded the ability to go to an Ivy League medical school who continue to be really good students, right? Good grades, good board scores, all this to get really competitive residency programs. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it in that respect, Right. Good students continue to be good students, continue to be good students. On the flip side, you have Caribbean medical schools where a lot of times students who go to those are students who have never proven academic ability. But they get into a Caribbean medical school because the Caribbean medical school will accept them. And so they've never proven to be a good medical student. They get to medical school. Caribbean medical schools are not easier medical schools because they're in the Caribbean. They're just as hard. And so you have not a good student who goes to the Caribbean because they weren't a good student, couldn't get into a U.S. medical school, continues to be a bad student, but somehow finishes medical school, applies to residency, and the residency program directors go, you're a bad student. I'm, I'm glad that you finished medical school and you have your diploma and you're a doctor, but you're not a good student and you still need to be a good student in residency because you're still learning. You're still taking tests and residency program directors need to make sure that you're going to do all of the, those things as well. So that's why I think, all right, if I were to, to try to assume and make some, some guesses as to why international medical graduates struggle to match it's for that reason. There's a reason they're in the Caribbean or wherever they're, they're going to school. And then, yes, there, there are plenty of students who go to Caribbean medical schools who have proven that they are very strong academically, but they struggle with the MCAT. And so a U.S. medical school won't give them the time of day because their MCAT score is not good enough, but they're really good students. And then they just prove it in the Caribbean school. They come to the States, match in residency because they are a good student. They just struggled with the MCAT or something else. So the Caribbean could be an option for you. Now, the question is, is a 3.0, have you proven that you're academically capable? I, I would be careful. I would maybe take some classes, prove to yourself that you can, you are a good student, that you want to be a stu good student, that you have the time maybe to commit to being a good student now, and then think about the Caribbean potentially as an option. And uh, I still want to go to these states. I don't, um, I don't know. I feel like you answered everything. And to be honest, I had so many questions for the fact that, you know, you just like put a, like a period to everything else just to that one point is just good for me. 
that's that's what you need to focus on right now. Everything else can come later. Yeah. If you haven't checked out Mapped App yet, I'll give a, a small little plug. I don't plug much here, um, but if you if you haven't looked up uh, Mapped App yet, where you can go and enter all of your grades and see everything and track all of your activities, Mapped App Pro gives you access to chatting with one of our Mapped advisors. And so, as you continue on, it's ten dollars a month or ninety dollars for the year. You can you can uh, just go and continue to ask questions. You don't need to come on come on and, and ask questions to the world so well, i take that as you don't want to deal with me no no i'm taking that as you came on you were vulnerable you asked some great questions and you still have a million more questions that will come as you go and, and that's an option to where you can get some really good advice thank you very much Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 